Welcome to a new chapter of Dear Journalist. This whole story could help stop you from quitting, in which we will talk about how solutions journalism works. I'm Laura Dulce Romero, Colombian journalist and fellow at the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. And I hope you are starting to understand the problems that solutions journalism seeks to solve. Because now we are meeting four journalists who have put their response to the test and have had wonderful results. And not just because I say so. They lead consolidated projects with audiences of millions of people at four major media outlets. from the United States. Uh, my name is Catherine Long. Um, I'm the education editor for um, the Seattle Times, uh, a project we call Education Lab, which is solutions-based journalism um, covering education in the Seattle area. I'm Jamie Berger. I'm managing editor at FIX, uh, which is GRIST's solution lab. GRIST is a nonprofit media organization uh, that tells stories of climate change um, and the fight for justice within climate change, as well as the solutions that people are working on. Now from the UK. Uh, so my name's uh, Tom Coles. Uh, I'm a senior producer on People Fixing the World, which is uh, a solutions-focused journalism show on the BBC World Service. Uh, we make a radio show that goes out on the World Service, a podcast, and we make a load of videos as well. And from Argentina. Bien, soy Chani Bullot, eh, fundador y director de Redacción, que es un medio eh, que desarrolló una fórmula de lo que llamamos periodismo humano. For those of you who don't speak Spanish, this is Chani Gullot, the founder and director of Redacción, a media outlet in Argentina whose focus is on solutions journalism, but with a strong emphasis on audience interaction and participation. As you have heard, they each work on different issues. But this time, we are going to highlight some tips that, based on their experience, can help you to create your own solutions journalism space. Now, take a pencil and paper. The first tip comes from Catherine Long, one of the pioneers in the world in setting up labs of solutions journalism. Well, I think the most important um, thing you can do is is to get a really good understanding of, of what a solution story is, and to and to look back at um, other news outlets that have done a good job of this, and and try to get a good understanding of what it what it is that that really makes a solutions uh, story work. And it- this sounds simple, but in reality, it took Catherine and her team time and a lot of brainstorming that you can save yourself with this example early discoveries you made is in order to write about a solution, you really have to understand what the problem is. So you have to be a lot more specific than just saying, well, kids are not learning how to read. So so who's not learning how to read and why aren't they learning how to read? And at what point is that um, is that reading instruction failing in the in the schools? And how do we how do we know that it's failing? So there were we found it was very important to sort of understand understand what we were, what was um, a school was trying to solve first of all before we could even talk about what the solutions were. Having achieved this, you need to move onto the verification process, and the best way to do that, according to BBC journalist Tom Coles, is to call the sources and ask them every last detail. So uh, we don't uh, go into an area and give an overall view of how to solve the problem. 
uh, we, we go into an area and find people who we can establish are doing interesting or scalable or uh, particularly effective work. But it's not about idealizing them either. It is important to see from the outset what the limitations of the solutions are. Nothing is perfect, not even good intentions and strategies to save the world. That is why another point that Jamie Berger from Fix stands out is to be careful with threatening as heroes those who lead the solutions. Um, that's something, you know, while we're trying to elevate people and their ideas, we don't want to put the spotlight on them and, and present them as if they've worked in a silo because everybody, uh, no matter how industrious you are, you need help and you need resources. So I think that is a particular challenge of our work is not coming off worshipful of one person and their ideas, but instead showing them as a, as a face of a broader effort in which a lot of hands are involved. Of course, we understand if it seems a little bit complicated at first, but there's no need to panic because there are those who have made life easier for us. It's definitely a different kind of uh, journalism to get into, um, but you know, there's great resources available online that I found really helpful. One I'm sure you know of is the uh, Solutions Journalism Network, which brings together journalists from all over the world and compiles their stories, and they have a lot of learning tools online. Uh, so I really kind of... Now let's go to the second recommendation. Look for allies inside and outside the newsroom. Here, Tom Coles explains why. Some people in your, some journalists will think that what you're doing is uh, like not proper journalism. Um, and some people just, you know, some journalists, and I love these journalists to be totally honest with you, are completely focused on finding the stuff that people don't want you to know about uncovering awful things happening in the world and telling people about it in a really powerful way. And uh, those journalists might well see some forms of solutions journalism as being like a lot less uh, serious <laughs> uh, endeavors. And I think every newsroom needs those journalists, uh, but it also needs solutions journalists who are can provide some light to the shade. And so you just need to find those people and lots of And maybe one of the reasons why that happens is that solutions journalism moves away from breaking news. For many journalists, that can be frustrating because sometimes the stories they do don't get as much attention as they would like. So Tom's first piece of advice is, when the world's attention is on catastrophes, pandemics or wars, keep calm, but take action. Uh, you know, when there's events like this and you're not covering them in a, in a huge news organization, it can feel like you're um, a bit of an outsider. I don't mind that at all, uh, <laughs> to be honest, but that's, a, that's just me. Uh, you know, you just have to be comfortable in that space. If you want to be doing, if you want to be, you know, on the front line doing stories about uh, the, the, the catastrophes of the world, then I still think... I still think solutions journalism is a great way of getting really interesting stories in those situations and particularly making them meaningful by uh, applying your same sort of core journalism skills to 
the catastrophe, the, the people trying to improve the situation in the catastrophe so that it feels, it doesn't just feel like, because often a lot of the analysis is on, on the bad stuff and there isn't so much analysis on the stuff that's been underway to try and improve the situation. However, there is a clear distinction to be made. In the conversation I had with Catherine Longer from Education Lab, she said something that still resonates in my head. Just because solutions journalism is not in the breaking news, it doesn't mean that can be news or have an impact in the audience's life. So that is our fourth suggestion. Well, I think if you've done a really good job um, when you write a solution story, it's it's definitely um, news, and it's it's important for people to to know what's happening um, that, that's actually that that works. It's not. I mean, we're really trying to make sure we're not writing puff pieces. I mean, that is not news. So we really want to make sure that the when we have selected to write about, let's say it's. Um, I keep going back to reading because I've written some re stories about um, reading, and we're we're working on one right now. But but just to um, you know to to find out that I mean one of the things I think in um, the U.S. right now is is, is a very Um, has been written about extensively, but that we were really doing a poor job of teaching kids how to read for a long time. And a lot of the education lab team investigated if there was a technique that worked. They found the Danville method that relies on new reading science. It was much more effective than the traditional way of learning to read. The story was a success, a news that academic field and families discuss. Um, when we first started writing about reading, we, we actually did not find very many people, any educators in Washington State that were using this approach, except for in the private schools and um, and a, a couple of really specialized schools. And now we can go out, now we're seeing that. We're, we're uh, just went to a couple of um, public schools, um, and one of them is in a really um, uh, low-income farm area with a lot of immigrants, and they figured out how to um, use this program in their in their community and it's just so interesting to see this this happen. The question is, if the approach and the way we look at the stories is different, then does it also change the way we do reporting or maintain our relationship with sources? The short answer is no. As a fifth tip, solutions journalists agree that in order to be faithful to rigorousness, we must continue to maintain our good relationship with sources, cross-check information, diversify voices, just as traditional journalism does. But they point out that solutions journalism has an important advantage that you cannot miss. Sources want to talk about what they have done and are always open to tell us more and more stories. On the other hand, what we do need to improve is the way we tell stories. And this is my sixth piece of advice. Eh, experimentamos con formatos. Creemos que para un medio nuevo, la, el capítulo de la innovación, y en este caso nosotros nos enfocamos en los formatos, es insoslayable. Y si uno lo hace bien, entonces esa búsqueda eh, puede ser entonces también parte de esa propuesta de valor, en donde el, nuestra audiencia no solo encuentra eh, temas nuevos y distintos, enfoques y perspectivas, sino también que en términos de en la forma en que las encuentra, en términos de los formatos, Chani says that they understand that for a new media outlet, the innovation chapter is unavoidable. 
It is crucial for the audience not only to find new and different topics, approach, and perspective, but also to discover formats. Visual formats, live journalism, videos, timelines, maps, the list goes on and on and on. I must confess that here at the Reuters Institute, I met many of them. If there is one thing I like about the world of solutions journalism, it is that promotes change. And it does not only through examples, but also through initiative of its own. My seventh suggestion then is, don't just tell stories creatively, be a bridge between those who are creating the solutions. One of the most incredible examples I found was at Grist. Jamie Berger says that after many years of being online, they decided to innovate with Fix. As Grist has grown, um, they kind of made a commitment, which I admire, which is to tell stories of, of solutions. And to do that, they thought that the best way would be to convene a network of people. We call them fixers. Um, they're nominated to an annual list called the Grist 50. Uh, we're about to publish the seventh annual list. The Grist 50 um, are 50 people working um, to, to combat climate change from an array of different fields. Uh, the Grist 50 recognizes artists, farmers, chefs, uh, legislators, uh, clean energy wonks, all kinds of people. We, we um, receive more than a thousand nominations from readers, from donors. We vet those nominations. The FIX team reviews these nominations and refines a list of 50 diverse individuals from across the United States who are working on solutions to curb the effects of climate change. The list is then published, and a celebration is held. Once a fixer gets in our network, um, there we do events, uh, we have online communities, we um, bring them together in a variety of ways to share ideas, to cross-pollinate. And we're hoping that by getting these people together regularly, ideas will flourish. Somebody working in clean energy might not think they have much in common with someone working on food systems, but you bring those people together and ideas spark. Entering Fix's website is an experience because of this idea, but also because of the way they display their content. As a eighth piece of advice, if you are going to do a piece of solutions journalism or you want to open a section within your outlet media, try to make your design stand out and be different from the rest of the sections. Uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of it has to do with who we're trying to reach. Um, I mentioned that a lot of our readers are young and uh, and really are looking for optimism. And I think in a way that's even reflected in our visual language, our color scheme. Um, we use bright colors. Um, that all is kind of feeding into this idea that there are rays of hope out there um, that we hope that we're we're bringing to people. So that kind of explains a little bit of our visual language, I would call it, um, and sort of why we look the way we do. Once you have put all these tips into action, don't forget to keep the door open for comments. Remember that everything in life can be better. My ninth tip to do something out of this world is summed up nicely by Tom Coles. I think 
really taking notice of the feedback you get from doing this stuff is important because it is really meaningful to be this um to be this part of news you know getting feedback where people are telling you that this is really helping them feel active and hopeful about life uh, those are really important things for people to feel and just making sure you've got a connection with the audience so that you get that stuff uh, i think that's really important also it's it's really hard to find the stories but if you find a good one make sure you you know make sure you just keep keep you find really good stories and then uh and then you'll be onto a winner and above all enjoy the process and please trust in what you are doing that's the last and most important piece of advice uh i mean I just, we just keep on going i think it's important just to uh just to be confident in yourself that The, the world needs to know stories like this about people who are doing good things for good reasons um, and just don't let anything stop you, really. Um, that's what uh, keeps me going in this uh, in this job, just because I, I genuinely do believe that the world isn't just <laughs> isn't just going to hell. That there's it's a really mixed picture and a big part of the story is really positive and if you just focus on the bad people doing bad things in the world then you can end up uh, thinking that the whole world is just bad people doing bad things and uh, it's not uh, by any stretch and so yeah that, uh, that's what sort of motivates me Thank you to these amazing journalists for being in this chapter. Of course, we have many more recommendations. That's why I invite you to continue listening to the next chapters that are still to come. <laughs>